I would like to talk to you tonight um, on different subjects, but it's the theme of the show really is good and evil. We are not fighting flesh and bone. Um, we are fighting true evil. And I, I, I'm not sure the, the good of the country is awake enough or willing yet to stand up against it. Um, you know, if you, if you know anything about, you know, uh, Satan being cast out of heaven and uh, taking a third of the angels with him, why did that happen? Because he said, I want the credit. I want to be God. I want the credit. And I'll save everybody. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them exactly what to do. Forget free will. I'll tell them what to do, and I'll save all of them. And I get the credit. I don't think a lot has changed. I think that's exactly the same kind of spirit that we are fighting today. The arrogance is unbelievable. The lies are unstoppable. What happened in, in Nashville is a, a young girl who was mentally unstable in a world that is completely unstable and in a group of people that I think encourage instability. She went into a school and she thought it was reasonable to shoot eight and nine years old, nine-year-olds. And what do people say about it? Well, yesterday they were reporting that this was a, a young Christian student that went in and shot up her own school. Wow. I, I thought it was a, a 27-year-old woman who the media couldn't decide if they were a man or woman who went in and crazily shot up a bunch of people. No, it's somebody else's fault. And really, in a way, they didn't have a choice. They were a victim. Because especially in Nashville, you know, Nashville, that's the home of Daily Wire, and that's just, they're bad people, you know. And, uh, gee, look what, they've, look what they've done. And, you know, just to fight it off, they had a Democratic operative who was, who was paying people to go get lessons to, uh, uh, to be able to use a firearm so they could attend the Day of Vengeance. It's this Saturday. It's the Trans Day of Vengeance. Never heard Martin Luther King say that. Stop transgenocide. That's uh, April 1st. And uh, they, w they encourage you to wear a mask. Okay. Uh, let me show you somebody else that was promoting this. This is a woman. Uh, how dare I judge she's a woman. Um, this is what she wrote. Excuse this. Kill Christ cucks. Behead Christ cucks. Roundhouse kick a Christ cuck into the concrete. Slam dunk a Christ cuck baby into the trash can. Crucify filthy Christ cucks. There's no evil there, right? I mean, they're only, they're only responding because they have to respond. Let me show you what CNN said about who kills people. 
these are all starting to look the same, right? I sort of think now, like, we don't own guns in this country. Guns own us at this stage. And this is where we have to now focus on an important part of, of an agenda, which includes mental health, protecting our kids, fortifying schools, but also the connectivity, which is a certain kind of gun. I, I you know, look, pronouns, pronouns do not kill children, right? People with guns kill children, and it's going to be a distraction in our coverage and keep us from what we now know, which is each of these cases has a similarity uh, more than any difference. Yeah, it does. It does. Not the one they're talking about. The similarity is there is a mental health crisis going on in America. By the way, uh, we've had one binary mass shooter and three transgender shooters now. There's a trend. That doesn't mean that all transgender people are violent. It means there are mentally ill people that need help. And all this garbage about guns is doing nothing to help these people. And by the way, you know, uh, none, of these, uh, none of these terms kill people. It's people with guns that kill people. Really? Is that like saying doctors don't experiment on children? It's Nazi doctors or doctors with crazy ideology that experiment medically on children. It wasn't the scalpel, it was the ideology. And I, I contend we are going down exactly that same road and the, in the most frightening of ways with our mental health and our physical health providers. It's awful. You know, there's been a lot of statements in the last couple of days, uh, but one of, the, one of the more thoughtful statements on what happened in Nashville, really what's going on throughout the entire country right now, came from Daily Wire's Michael Knowles. He said this, quote, Guns have not changed much over the past century. Our conceptions of mental health, spiritual reality, political institutions have transformed almost beyond recognition. You can find more of Michael Knowles' work over the Daily Wire. He's a good friend, as are everybody at the Daily Wire, and he joins me now from Nashville. Michael, first of all, you guys safe? Uh, we're safe here, I hope, I trust. Daily Wire takes security very, very seriously. And we are upping that security now because, as you pointed out, Glenn, not only have there been calls for violence against the so-called transphobes for a long time now, there were calls for violence after the shooting. The press secretary for Katie Hobbs, yep. the governor of Arizona, the press secretary tweeted out hours and hours after the shooting, a picture of a woman holding two revolvers said something to the effect of, this is how we treat transphobes. You, you've got the trans day of vengeance calls for that to take place in Washington, DC and in Nashville. You had ABC News blaming the shooting on Republican legislators in Tennessee for passing a bill saying you can't mutilate children. You had NBC News blaming Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and me because of our refusal to go along with transgender ideology. And, and so you're, you're seeing a pattern here. You're seeing a, a huge pattern emerge. And then the uh, allegedly reasonable voices on the left, what do they blame? They blame the guns. Mm -hmm. the, the machine gun, the automatic firing portable machine gun was invented in 1884. Mm -hmm. The Tommy gun was invented in 1918. 
Much more dangerous weapon, by the way, than the guns that are available ordinarily mm -hmm. to civilians today. But even the AK-47, that was invented in 1947. That's where the name comes from. The AR-10, the AR-15, those were both invented in the 1950s. The guns have not changed very much at all in recent decades. In fact, Michael, I'll, I'll, I'll go further than that. Gun ownership 100 years ago was through the roof compared to gun ownership now. We had access yeah. to guns in our homes everywhere across the nation. So what's changed, Michael? What's changed? Obviously, what has changed is our perspective on mental health, our perspective on spiritual reality, mm -hmm. and our perspective on political institutions, all of which have collapsed. And, and you make the point, Glenn, when you have a lot of people dealing with mental health crises, and in the past, we would have tried to treat these people and help their their problems of perception. But today, what do we do? We affirm them in their delusions. Furthermore, we affirm them in their resentments. Because when, when people live according to delusion, they butt up against reality and they become very, very frustrated. If a man thinks that he's a woman and then he goes out into public and he finds out that people don't treat him as a woman because he obviously is not one, he's going to become very, very angry. In the past, we would have encouraged people Get, get your ideas in order. Don't become angry. Be peaceable. Go get, go get help. Now we say you need to take vengeance. Now we say you need to cultivate that anger. Jeffrey Marsh, who's a transgender activist, he, he's best known for trying to speak to little children on TikTok and get them to speak to him about sex. Jeffrey Marsh said that people need to channel their anger, their wrath. And I, ironically, in response to this day of vengeance, I tweeted out one line from the Bible. I think you're probably familiar Unbelievable. with it. It is, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, for vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he will repay. So it's St. Paul quoting Deuteronomy. I was kicked off of Twitter for tweeting it. Were you restored quickly? Or not? I, I have not yet been restored. I, that is unbelievable. I have to hope. I have to believe that this was a tech glitch. I, I have been told that the reason that this occurred was because Twitter was trying to suppress these calls for violence against conservatives on the part of the, the transgender because activists. Because you, so, you did put the tag on there that brought you to this poster of, you know, the Day of Vengeance, right? Well, I had, I had quote tweeted it. So I didn't put anything in my own post, but I, I was responding to it. Mm. And so I, I'm trying to give Twitter the benefit of the doubt here. I have to assume that's what happened. But what's very strange is that people who have been pro promoting this transgender violence, this vengeance against people who won't go along with the gender ideology, a lot of them are remaining on Twitter. And then I, I quoted the Bible and that's all I put in my post. And I'm not back on Twitter. So I, I don't know okay. what to make of that. So Michael, help me out on, and this is going to be controversial, but I don't really care because I, I think we are dealing with true evil. Would you agree with that? I mean, in, in, of course. in every aspect, America has been, uh, and the world uh, has just been co-opted by evil, and it thinks it's winning. I want to ask you, a doctor that believes that they should be able to mutilate and sterilize a child without the parent's permission and or knowledge because he believes, not scientifically proven, he believes that it's the right thing to do. What is the difference between that and Dr. Mengele, who was the head of the children's hospital in Germany, and this is 
the last prescription written by Joseph Mengele, signed by Joseph Mengele, and it is for a big, huge gallon, or, I mean, a drum of luminol, which before he left Auschwitz, he wanted to make sure they had enough luminol, which they were using to kill the children because they, the doctors and the nurses felt that wasn't a life worth living. The parents weren't notified. The parents were against it. And yet they did it anyway. Aren't we traveling down exactly the same road? History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And what one might say is, well, the difference here is that the doctors and the teachers and sometimes even the parents who encourage these delusions and these medical experiments, well, they, they really have the best of intentions. Right. Don't they always? Yeah. Isn't the road to hell just always paved with good intentions? But good intentions aren't all that matters here, especially when your thinking is diluted. What matters is objective reality. And it is objectively the case that children cannot consent to being castrated, to having their healthy organs removed. It is objectively true that men cannot really be women and women cannot really be men. It is objectively true that man is made with a certain nature. <laughs> there, mm -hmm. there, are, there are things that we used to know that in the name of compassion and freedom and liberation, we are denying. And we're told that this is going to make us all happier. We are told, getting back to your earlier point, Glenn, that, that if we just get a little more technological and scientific power, then we shall be as gods. We can liberate ourselves not only from social mores, we can liberate ourselves from our own biology, and then we will have perfect power. And it just doesn't work out. It didn't work out in the Garden of Eden, and I promise you it will not work out today. Look at the misery all around us as a result. Uh, Michael, I can't thank you enough for being strong, being the man you are, um, having the real, true, deep intellectual conversations that are needed today. Thank you, and we are praying for all of you at The Daily Wire. Say hi to everybody for me, will you? Thank you so much, Glenn. Appreciate thank it. You. you bet. Okay, uh, when we come back, I want to talk to you about something else, because th this this is real. This fight is real. But the 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 all consuming um, nature of these arguments. Remember, it was last week we were told that Donald Trump was going to be arrested. What happened to that? Is anybody even talking about that today? What happened to that distraction? And I'll show you what they are trying to distract you from in just a second. Everybody seems to feel it in their gut. They may not talk about it. They may try to avoid conversation about it. But we are on the verge of something. Something wicked this way comes. Something new. I'm not sure if we're really prepared for it. But preparing is what we should be doing. Preparing mentally, physically, um, spiritually, most important. American society is changing. The world is changing. And... Our government knows it. They're denying it. But our government knows it. And they're building something. They are building cages. Uh, and if you don't believe me, read the new Restrict Act. This cannot pass. This is something where they want to uh, ban TikTok. But they're giving the president and the Commerce Department um, their own gun to execute anyone that steps out of line. If you are a danger to our society, like TikTok, 
Well, if you want to ban TikTok, ban TikTok. This is Patriot Act 2. Groundwork is being laid because they know what's coming. They deny it to you. But so do our adversaries. They know what's coming. They see what is happening with our culture. They're observing our weakness, economic being right near the top. And we now stand at the edge of a new financial world order. It is coming. Our own government will feel they have no choice but to act. We've got to act. And your freedom and your financial well-being will not be their primary objective. In fact, it will be the opposite. Let me show you what our adversaries are doing right now. First, let's start here. What have we done to ourselves? This is a recent poll from the Wall Street Journal. It shows American principles from 1998 until today. These are our values, our fundamental truths. Patriotism in that time has dropped from 70% to 38%. Religion, 62% to 39%. Having children, only 30% of the public think that's important. Community involvement, 27%. But look what's higher than all of them. Money. More people care about money than God. More, than, more money than having kids caring for their neighbors and being a patriotic American. For many, government is their religion. Political activism, no matter how ridiculous, false, and dangerous it may be, it is their dark midnight mass. The pursuit for power and money is the doctrine. That's never been our base as Americans. It has never been our cornerstone. Money has been important, but our God, our family, the people we work and live with, our neighbor next door, the American ideal of truth, justice, was the American way. That's the rock we built our country on. But now money? What happens when the one thing the majority of Americans now believe in and thinks really important suddenly is weaker or gone? This is what our enemies are now witnessing, and they are preparing to exploit it. This from last week's meeting between China and Russia. Watch. Hmm. The president of China, President Xi, is uh, referring to the Western financial world order, that was dominated and driven by the United States dollar. We haven't seen a change like this in 100 years. That's what he was talking about. The Western world replaced the true God with government and money. And now our enemies are preparing to destroy all of it. Last week, the Russians and the Chinese signed 14 economic agreements. The goal? To, quote, counterbalance the U.S. dollar's worldwide dominance. End quote. Putin also stated, quote, we are in favor of using the Chinese yuan for settlements between Russia and countries of Asia, Africa and Latin America. I am confident that these forms of settling in yuan will develop between Russian partners and their counterparts in third countries. They are going directly after the U.S. dollar. I've been talking about this moment for almost 20 years. It is now here. And yet people still are not paying attention. When I said this 20 years ago, people said that will never happen. The U.S. dollar is being usurped. 
by the Chinese one. That's the plan. China is now buying oil from Russia in their own currency. It's being considered in other places as well. The Saudis, once our allies, who would have never thought about doing this, are now being pulled into bed with China, Russia, and Iran. China also brokered a deal between the Saudis and Iran. So, um, you know, don't look now, but China's on the verge of bringing all of this together. All of the leading producers of oil under one banner and all potentially bought and sold in Chinese currency. The petrodollar, which is why we have the lifestyle we have. You don't just get rid of the petrodollar and expect to live like we live. We are about to come, become Venezuela or Mexico if we're lucky. The petrodollar, the dollar status, it's the world's reserve currency, is on the verge of being dethroned. Mark my words, I hope I am wrong. I pray I'm wrong. But I believe this will all happen before we have a new president. The, the next 18 months are going to be one hellacious ride, if I'm right. I pray I'm not. This is, the, the petrodollar is why we pay so little for the things that the rest of the world does. I mean, we, we pennies. It's why the American dream was possible for so many. It's also why our government can make the mistakes it does. We recover, we print ourselves out of the danger and the government feels confident that the rest of the world will just buy up all our debt. Well, why wouldn't they? The dollar dominates the world. But let me show you a graphic that shows foreign investors that held US debt in 2022. $7.3 trillion. You wanna sell $7.3 trillion and it all comes out of the banks and rushing around what do you think the value of the dollar is? Will all of these countries continue to invest in our money printing if the dollar is toppled by the yuan? The American dream will go from, you can make your dreams into reality, to keep those dreams to yourself, kid, because that's never going to happen. This is hyperbole, right? Well, it's a good thing our adversaries don't see any cracks in the Western financial system. Did you hear about this? Last week, Janet Yellen called for an unscheduled meeting of the Financial Stability Oversight Council. It included people like the heads of the Fed and the FDIC. It was also closed to the public. Now, why would she call all of a sudden on a Friday this secret meeting when just two weeks ago she was telling us that the bank system was totally sound? Another member of this closed to the public meeting, Jerome Powell. Yeah, he used the same word, sound, sound. Our, our financial system is sound. What is it that they're not telling us? Well, I'm not expecting to get the truth from them, but maybe it's some of this. Moody's just said that there's a risk that the U.S. banking turmoil cannot be contained. The International Monetary Fund said that the financial stability is now at risk. Does that sound sound to you? I told you last week, U.S. banks were looking at unrealized losses of up to $620 billion. Well, researchers are now saying that the number is actually closer to $1.7 trillion. When the Fed continues to raise interest rates, that number, bank losses, goes higher. The Fed has no clue what to do. They're out of options. This is truly frightening if you know what's going on. 
let me show you the conundrum. They don't have any choice but to raise interest rates because they have to fight inflation and reel in all that money. The result is banks are buckling under the strain because the higher the interest rates, their assets go down. So they have to have more money. So what does the Fed do? Well, they've raised interest rates and accelerated their money lending to keep the banks from collapsing. Oh, so they're continuing to raise the interest rates to reel the money in, which will hurt the little guy. But simultaneously, they're printing money to keep the banks afloat. Take a look at the graph that comes directly from the Federal Reserve. This is the system that both Yellen and Powell said was sound. It just expanded their balance sheet by over $400 billion. Now look at this. Can we go back to the original map? Look, look at this. Here we are. We're starting to wean ourselves off. We're trying to fight inflation. We go down there. And then what happens? After nearly a year of trying to fight inflation, boom, they erase 75% of their efforts to keep prices down. 75%. They have no idea what they're doing. Do you, do you have, honestly, send me the name of an expert that, that you know you listen to on TV and they're like, no, this way. And they were right. Stop listening to experts. The new financial world order is being built by those same experts. The U.S. dollar and our banking system is at risk, and they will not tell you the truth. The government sees one alternative, and that is control. The ultimate tool for that control in just a few months is coming out. And I will show you what to prepare for when we come back. All right, the banking crisis jumped the Atlantic. It was blamed by the Swiss for the collapse of Credit Suisse. Even Deutsche Bank saw its value begin to slide. It's all a house of cards, and everyone knows it. This should have happened in 08, but they violated every principle we have, and they saved it for a few years. This time, it'll be worse. Do they have something else up their sleeve? I don't know. I think what they are planning on doing is resetting everything. Uh, something is going to have to be done, and it's a matter of time before everyone in the Western banking system begins the acceleration of the solution they will claim is the power to all of the pain. Central bank digital currencies. I have been warning about this for a long time, especially over the last five years, but now we are seeing the environment for everything to come into place, and when it happens, it will happen quickly. Central bank digital currency, or CBDCs, are the ultimate control mechanism, enabling the government to control what you spend your money on and virtually, virtually eliminating all privacy. In other words, everything you might expect from an authoritarian dystopian society. Anything that stands in the way of this will be shut down or regulated into oblivion. I will tell you this is why I sincerely, on radio and here to ask for your subscription to Blaze TV. The, the forces that we are going to come under overnight, when this all happens, do you think they're going to let somebody like me on national radio say, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, 
don't do what they're telling you to do. Not a chance in the world. This is why you're starting to see the war on crypto heating up. Crypto, uh, like Bitcoin, provides the privacy. It is, there's no way, there's no way a central bank can do this. It's a way to operate outside of the system that's controlled by the central bank. It cannot exist in the new society. I told you a couple of weeks ago that two of the banks that had just collapsed, Signature and Silvergate banks, were the top two crypto banks in the country. Well, now the crypto trader, Coinbase, is facing a massive wave of government regulation. Pay attention to the speed and the timing that all of this is happening. And please go to Coinbase and read their response. They're begging the government, tell us what you want to do, we'll do it. They're just putting them out of business. Banks are collapsing. Crypto banks are collapsing. And companies that facilitate the purchase of crypto assets are being regulated into the ground. And it's all been happening in the last few weeks. It's escalating. And it became even more obvious when we were, uh, where we were headed a couple of weeks ago when the Fed announced their new instant payment processing service called FedNow. This is the Fed's new system that offers instant payments 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whoo! Just in time, because that's what I've been looking for. It begins in three months. It begins, it opens up April 1st, but you can be a part of it in July. So what does it even mean? Well, the Fed released a nifty little animation to explain it to all of us dummies. Come on, Wally, let's watch. How will the FedNow service work? Imagine the owner of a coffee shop is running low on coffee beans and needs to schedule a quick delivery. She places an order and the coffee bean company sends her a request for payment. She responds to the request for payment and pays for the coffee beans right then and there through an app from her credit union, which uses the FedNow service. Okay, I want to stop. I want to pause real quick here before moving on. What's not explained here is something called digital ID. The Fed along with the bank, now presumably have a record of what you're buying through your digital ID. Can you see where this is leading to? And I want to compare this to what India has been doing. India has been doing the instant payments for a long time now. They started with building a digital infrastructure that began with digital IDs for 90% of the entire population. What was it they said we needed for COVID? That's right. A digital ID. We give you this uh, article, quote, a digital ID card dramatically lowers the cost of confirming people's identities. Open access software standards facilitate digital payments between banks, fintech firms, and digital wallets. Wow, that's really great. That's swell. Dad's going to be really excited when he gets home. It goes on to say that personal data, that includes biometric is part of the digital ID. What was it I read from the Department of Homeland Security yesterday? Oh, that biometric is going to happen and will be your only choice if you want to fly in the near future. Oh. Now, none of that was explained in this little video, was it? I don't know if this is what's being planned, but if India is the flagship example here, as the IMF seems to be implying, Shouldn't someone be asking this question? Once she so. initiates the payment, 
Her credit union screens the payment and sends an ISO 20022 compliant payment message, either directly or through a service provider to the FedNow service over the Federal Reserve's FedLine network. The FedNow service instantly validates the payment message and passes it along to the Coffee Bean Supplier's bank. In real time, the supplier's bank confirms to the FedNow service that it intends to accept the payment and the FedNow service debits and credits the master accounts of both the shop wow. owners and the coffee bean suppliers' financial institutions wow. or the master accounts of their correspondence. And this could save tens of minutes. I don't think they needed to waste all of the production time here. Let me translate for you. It's a whole new system that's faster and better than traditional banking. You can go to a grocery store and buy a few items with your hard-earned money, and then you present your Fed card with a trusty Federal Reserve representative, and they'll say, oh, yeah, you're too fat, fatso, you can't buy any of these things. The end. That's it. This sounds a lot like what we fear a CBDC might be. And that's probably why we're not given the full detail on what's involved here. It's probably also why it's being reported that Fed now actually alleviates the concerns that we have over CBDCs. Kind of like this article. Yahoo is saying that FedNow calls into question whether a digital dollar is even still being considered. It states, this system, quote, supplants the benefits of blockchain-based U.S. central bank digital currency. And that, quote, FedNow addresses the issues that have been raised about the need for a CBDC. Oh, Okay, because it looks like it does a lot of the same things under a different name. So there's nothing to see here, I guess. There's nothing to worry about. CBDC, whoo, dodge that bullet. FedNow is better, safer, and probably means that we're not going to get a central bank digital dollar. Hey, can I take you back to India for a second? Because I love elephants and tea. This is another article from the IMF, how India's central bank helped spur digital payments boom. It goes on to explain the marvel that is the Indian central bank, the digital payment system. First, it started with the digital ID, then central bank digital payments. So they don't need a CBDC, right? Yeah. Luckily, I don't read Hindu. Hidden down in the last three paragraphs uh, are statements from Indian government officials that reveal their next step is to fully implement a central bank digital currency. What? Their system that's similar to FedNow wasn't a replacement for CBDC. It was part of their overall plan. Jinkies. And they would have got away with it if it wasn't for those crazy kids in that van. Oh, and then there's this little nugget. Quote, CBDCs could actually be able to kill whatever little case there could be for private cryptocurrencies. Because, you know, privacy, it's not part of the overall plan. What do you have to hide? Is this our future? Well, if so, it all begins in July. Back in a minute. Joining me now is one of my favorite people in the world, Assistant Secretary for Public Affairs for the U.S. Treasury under President Trump, 
Monica Crowley. She also is the host for the Monica Crowley podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Monica, how are you? Glenn, it is so good to be here with you, my friend. Long time. I know. Great to see you. I know. Listen, um, I, you know, I've been hearing you um, on the on the financial situation, and you know, you're on in the inside. First of all, I, I can't read this any other way than China, Russia, Saudi Arabia. Now, all of them are are finding an exit to the U.S. dollar. Do you, am I reading that correctly? And what does that mean, if so? Well, first, Glenn, thank you so much for having me. And I do want to clarify, I am the former Assistant Secretary of yeah. the Treasury. Sorry, I served sorry, sorry. in the Trump administration. Yeah. I would never be caught dead serving this administration. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry. Um, to your question, this is a very, very dangerous moment for a lot of different reasons, because it's really hard to overstate how catastrophic it would be if the world abandoned the U.S. dollar as the global reserve currency. Can you put that into context at all? I don't think people understand. You know, they hear people say, oh, it'd be catastrophic. No, no, no. Explain what does that mean to the average person? Sure. Well, you know, at the end of World War II, because the United States emerged so victorious, it was settled upon that the dollar would be the global reserve currency, meaning the default currency for trade and other global transactions around the world. We have abused that privilege, Glenn, over many decades on both sides of the aisle, as well as the Federal Reserve Bank, by printing so much money that we have devalued the dollar over time. And there's a lot of blame to go around. But as the world's uh, reserve currency, that has been a privilege and it has been a source of tremendous economic power for the United States. If that were to go away and the dollar were no longer the world's reserve currency, you would see a tremendous economic collapse here at home and globally. You'd have a global economic implosion. You would also have the end of America's economic dominance and you would have the end of America's superpower status. What does it mean to you and me and to the average American? Well, if that were to happen, Glenn, you would see prices spike beyond anything imaginable. We would have Weimar Republic kind of hyperinflation mm -hmm. in this country and around the world. So the effects would be absolutely catastrophic and we would not be able to be uh, project either economic, diplomatic or military power around the world. So. Do you think that they are building the FedNow system and the CBDC? Do you think that this is their plan to when it just can't run any farther and it collapses, they just dump us into an entirely new system and they introduce a Federal Reserve coin? That is exactly the plan. And I know a lot of people say it's a conspiracy theory. No, it is not. In fact, most Western nations right now, including the U.S. Treasury under Joe Biden, have a pilot program in place to test the viability of a central bank digital currency. Let's take one step back, Glenn. Let's remember that the U.S. dollar was backed over time for a by a number of different things. It was backed by a long, for a long time by gold, a 
hard asset. My old boss, President Nixon, took the United States off the gold standard. And he told me in the early to mid 1990s when I was working for him that that was one of his biggest mistakes mm. because it untethered the dollar to any kind of hard asset, which then allowed government uh, spending to explode and allowed the Fed to just print uh, without a wild abandon, right? And that put us on the back heel. But the other things that backed up the US dollar were America's economic strength and dominance, and the fact that oil has always been traded in dollars. Correct. If that were to go away, okay, that would be the end of the dollar. And that's why now, Glenn, you have this confluence of very dangerous trends happening where you've got uh, Biden's weakness, you've got his war on American uh, domestic energy production, you've got the Ukraine war, and as you mentioned, we've got America's enemies led by China, but also Russia and Iran and others, and now you have Saudi Arabia saying, we might be interested in taking a look at taking other currencies in exchange for oil. If that were to happen, that is the end of the dollar, you are going to have a massive economic implosion of the kind that we have never seen. And then to your point, the end game is to introduce a central bank digital currency where the Fed is going to be your bank. It's not going to be your community or regional bank. It's not even going to be one of the big banks like Bank of America or Wells Fargo. The Fed will be your bank. Your money will essentially be software. It'll be a number in a in software, nothing physical, nothing and, tangible. And programmable. And, means, and programmable. And Glenn, that means if we get to that point, they will have absolute control over how you buy, how you sell, when you can spend your own quote unquote money. It yep. will mean the end of your economic freedom. And uh, the American people are not focused on this. So I thank you for bringing it to everybody's attention because this is a very dark road that we're going down. And it is also logical. I mean, if, you, if you've been paying attention since 2008, you saw the Fed violate everything, absolutely every common sense economic law, we violated. No way out, no way out, trust the system, trust the system. At some point, they were like, this ain't gonna work. How do we get out? The, the logical way is to control the collapse, it will eventually collapse and reset it, and you know there's gonna be turmoil, so make sure you can control the people and their spending. That's it, and they wanna position themselves as being the rescuers, right? Riding to the rescue of this grave global and domestic they economic collapse, and they're gonna be prepared to say, just like they did with COVID, oh, here, we've got the solution. We can alleviate your problems. Here is a central bank digital currency. What that really means is a cashless society. So there will be nothing physical in your hand. All of your money will be in, in a digital mode, okay? And that will give them the ability to turn you on and off. If you overstep your car carbon footprint, they'll be able to shut off your ability to buy gas or to buy food or to buy airline tickets. They'll be able to turn off your car remotely. I know this sounds like Jetsons kind of stuff, Glenn, but it is literally right around the corner. Yeah. And given what we've been through over the last three years, we've seen what the deep state, and there is a deep economic state yes. as well, 
what they are all capable of. Monica, thank you so much. It's good to see you again. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for watching this. God bless. All right, more on this on tomorrow's radio program. From Dallas, good night, America.